In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! For the win! Um, Dunks and Discourse, I don't think it's 58, man. I feel like this is, we were 59 last, I think this is 60, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I think <laughs> I feel like it's 60. Okay, okay, maybe it is, maybe Yo, it is. Yo, why are you trying to cheat us out of some milestones, man? You yeah, know what's I'm been I'm not trying, trying, I'm not trying. Yeah, busted some wheels or something else, eh? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, my, my guy, I know it's been a bad week for you, but uh, we're going to turn around with this pod right here. It's free agency season, season, and we are no longer tampering. We can just do what we want to do. Um... <laughs> Let's start with the Pacific because I think honestly we'll just do we'll spend our hour and change, but we'll run through teams because there's just been enough news. Um, so let, let's start in the Pacific and let's start with the most interesting team in the Pacific. Um, <laughs> let's start with the Phoenix Suns because they made I, I don't know I, I feel like the most significant move thus far in uh, in grabbing Chris Paul. It really was. And you, you know that I, I thought that they'd be able to at least compete and carry things over uh, to compete for next year. Now it's an absolute expectation. It's an absolute expectation. I know that there were some folks that were on the timeline, you know, uh, poo-pooing it and saying, like, why would he go there? Or, you know, Because that's always going to be the case, like you said, of course. Uh, but I, I honestly couldn't have seen a better move, a better, more, uh, uh, that's, a better move for them that's realistic. Yeah, and you know what? As much as... Everyone wants to cap them right away, right? Like, okay, it's a good move. I'm glad the Suns are going to be competitive. Chris Paul's cool. He bounces value back. We were happy with booking the bubble, but you know, they're a first round team. They're a second round team, and I'm seeing a lot of that. And that, and you know, it is the most likely outcome. But you're not a genius for saying that. Yeah. And and I, I think the thing right now too is at this point in the off season, the teams that were in the bubble have basically not had an off season. We're running right through. And everybody else has got like 10 months of practicing. So we don't really know where guys are at. So I think even more than a normal year, anyone who's in that, I don't know, 22 to 26 zone, where we don't know who they are yet, um, I should say 19 to 26-year-old zone, are, are interesting, man. And, and DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges are guys that people are like, oh, they're nice, okay? So like... That whole assumption that the Suns are gonna they're gonna flame out in round one, or round two, because Chris Paul and Paul and Booker are a great combo, but they don't have the you know juice to take on the LeBrons and the Curry's whoever, it is fair enough. But what if Mikael Bridges and DeAndre Ayton aren't nice? Like what if DeAndre Ayton is like an All Star next year? What if Mikael Bridges is averaging you know 16, 17 points a game? shooting 44% from three, and he's the best defensive wing in basketball. And, and like, yes, both of those are unlikely, but they're both possible. So I think the Suns got a lot more wiggle room than people are talking about right now. Well, not only that, what if Devin Booker takes another step, whether just, you know, just yeah, naturally or playing alongside Chris Paul? What if all those guys, the game simply gets easier, especially on the offensive end, playing alongside Chris Paul? Like, let's be real about this. 
Did folks not just watch what happened with Dallas? Now, I'm not comparing those two players, you know, like you know, De- uh, Devin Booker or Luka. But what I'm saying is Luka showed that you can take another step even you know, like, even though when you, you played at a very high level prior to it. I'm not one that's going to I'm not one that's going to cap them. Now, am I am I predicting that there'll be world beaters? No. But to your point, I think it's pretty I think it's pretty short sighted and it's really folks wanting to put them in that box as opposed to truly, you know, like uh, truly believing that it's a guarantee they they can't, you know, improve just naturally. And I'm going to say like, you know, Cameron Johnson looked pretty pretty solid the back half of the year. Okay, he's a guy that they got flamed for taking earlier than, you know, boards had him in the draft. But he looks like he's going to be a shooter, stretch 3-4. And, you know, you look at what Duncan Robinson did with Miami, not to say it's the same player, but, like, if if that's the kind of impact that he has next year, that's, again, like, if we're talking about a guy that could compete for the league league in three-point percentage playing along, you know, Chris Paul in the pick and roll and Devin Booker when he's slashing and shooting, like, again, that's different. I, I think this, this Suns team has the potential to, to shock some people who already want to say, you know, they want to give him a, a participation award. And I think that this Suns team is actually capable of more than that. And, you know, it, as a sort of a transition um, to Golden State, on paper right now, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton, or James Wiseman, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, Steph Curry. Which roster on paper do you think gets more wins next year? I mean, and I'm not just being, I'm not saying this to be hyperbolic, and I'm not saying this to pile on Golden State, because to be honest with you, I hated that news, and I'm sure you're going to get to it here shortly. Um, but honestly, the, I, I could see a path where, I could see a path where Phoenix is better than Golden State. You know, in, in particular, like, I, I look, I don't want to come across as a hater, but there's a lot of people putting in a lot of work with this, oh, wait till you see Draymond, you know, type thing, like this is 2015. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to bury them, but actually I will go ahead and say it. As currently constituted, there's just as much of a conversation for me that they won't even make the postseason, you know, like, you know, let alone be contenders, which I see people kind of fighting to say. You know what? I, I think the range of possibilities, the two greatest, you know, the greatest variability of any two teams, which is kind of hilarious to me, I feel is the Nets and, okay. and the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Because if KD's not himself, then the Nets aren't going to be good. And they're going to underachieve. And we don't know, coming off the Achilles. And then the Warriors, where like they have all these new pieces, they're way younger, but we're still kind of banking on Curry and Dre being the guys that they were, and we don't know. So it's kind of funny they split up, and now it's like, where are these guys at? Um, yeah, but yeah, the news is uh, Clay's Achilles is is sad news, man. I yeah. I know like a lot of people love Clay and vibe with his like I don't give a shit mentality, <laughs> and I know a lot of people he like drives them nuts. But like, you know, this is a guy in the prime of his career who uh, loves playing basketball, is easygoing, already had a year off. He's gonna miss a whole another year. You know, on the back, on the the terrible side, on this knock on wood, like this could be his career, man. You know, we we've had all those conversations with Kevin Durant, um, with Demarcus Cousins on this podcast over the last couple of years. But Achilles is serious business, and just like that sucks ass, man. I'm I'm sorry for Warriors fans of Clay because that sucks. Yeah, and you know, honestly, again, like you know, rivalries and and you know, silly stuff that we usually, and speaking generally, we uh, usually say on Twitter that, that goes out the window when it comes to this. Like, regardless of whether it's a likable guy, but of course, because like, like I, I'll be honest with you, if you got a problem with Clay Thompson, I don't, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. 
Like I, I like you know the the lackadaisical you know appearance you know is one thing, but you know he you know from what he brings out there on the court. You know, I, I, like I said, I, I just don't understand anybody disliking him. And but on the injury, again, I don't want to you know con- I don't I don't want to damn him or anything like that. But to your point, missing two years at you know like when you're at your prime and probably were already you know right at the you know right at the peak. That's just gonna be rough, man. Like, you know, do I think he's gonna return? Of course. Do I think he can still, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, work himself back into shape and, you know, come back, you know, come back strong? Yes. But once you have an ACL on one leg and an Achilles on the on the other leg, and things, you know, start to go that direction in your 30s, it's just going to be such an uphill battle. So, you know, I've got my fingers crossed for him, and I and I really do hope, you know, 2022 or 2021, whenever it is, you know, we can see him, you know, back on the court. Uh, but that, you know, that honestly has had to feel devastating. I actually felt, you know, I don't necessarily love all all Warriors fans, but I legitimately felt for them last night. Yeah, I did too. I I mean, I can't stand Warriors fans. Sometimes this morning, I've been going at it with a few of them because I, I don't even know how it really got started. But there's this whole thing that like Steph Curry could carry a team of bums more or less, or sub suboptimal players to a championship. And I'm like, here's the thing, man. Like everyone's fighting about this. Uh, st- you know, I'm getting carried away here. The point is, I felt bad for Warriors fans too. You know, I, I did. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Fans will be fans. There's some bad fans out there, but the the good ones, it sucks for them. Um, we've gone through two teams in the Pacific, and we haven't talked about you know the most obvious team in the Pacific. So <laughs> let's you know, let's stop burning the lead and let's talk about the Sacramento Kings uh, resigning Darren De'Aaron Fox. Uh, okay, so here's my thing on this man. Like they had to do it. He's getting five years, $163 million extension, and he's getting paid before Tatum and Mitchell. Like, the Kings are trying to say, like, we love you. We care about you. No one will ever love you. Like, Sacramento loves you, De'Aaron. And we know we have to pay you every nickel because otherwise you're gone. So I understand. I I really do understand. But um, this is just the... It's going to be tough to win as Sacramento when when De'Aaron Fox is making $37 million of a cap that could shrink. You know, the next few years. Like, you got to add two other guys to this team that make that kind of money and, and then fill out a roster. Like, it's just tough. And and people on the timeline got mad at me for saying, like, this is a this is a tough thing because I feel the Kings had to do it. But at the same time, like, you know what? Darren Fox is what? The top 10, top 12, top 15? You know, you're hoping that he gets into that all-NBA range eventually. He's in the top 5, 8. But it's a lot of money for a guy that you're like, hey, right now, he's as currently constructed. He's the third best player on a title team. It's the same way I felt about Mike Conley. Like I was happy for him personally when he got paid, and I, and I don't mean to call him out, but it, like I'm, I, there's a reason. Good player. I understand if you're a small market team, you have to keep you know like a good you know dependable guard you know like in the fold or just player in general you know that you drafted in the fold. But it is one of those like you. I'll say it. It's one of those deals where it's like, yo, if you've got to pay him that money, then you've also got to pay, you know, you're looking at paying another another one of your young players that money. How are you ever going to have the money well, or the well, assets to? You know what, the, the, the Kings aren't in that situation. Uh, you know, I guess that's a positive that the Kings don't have another young guy you're excited about. We'll have to pay that. Well, hey, you know what, silver linings and such. No, like, like Marvin you know, Bagley, they haven't even decided if he's like, oh, maybe he'll be a shooting guard next year. Oh, maybe he's a center, small forward. Center. Exactly. If he's like, healthy, yeah. Um, well, okay, I'll say this then. I think the Kings made the decision they absolutely had to, but I also yeah. will say I don't think that there's a such thing as an immovable, immovable contract anymore. Like, in particular, if if this offseason we see Russ moved again 
And then eventually we end up seeing Harden move. I, again, I, I don't think there's an immovable contract. So I think I think it's less of a risk as it was before, especially if the if the guy can at least play well enough, and you're willing to you know willing to attach you know whatever to him to, you know, in order to ship him off. So at the end of the day, if it works out for Sacramento, that you know great. If it doesn't, and they end up having to move on, it's not that big. It's not nearly as big of a risk as I as I, I might have once thought it was. Yeah, and it's, it's not that it's a risk. It's the fact that like let's say Fox hits and he's an All Star next year. Yeah. Maybe he's not a top. He's not an MVP type guy. He's not a top five guy, but he's in that top 20, 25, like he's legitimate. Okay, but then you have like the Buddy Heald 20 million, you have whatever else you got to pay whoever. And I'm just saying like the possibility of you bringing two guys on big money is harder when he's already making that kind of deal. And I, I'm not just, I'm not even poo-pooing it or saying he's at a ceiling or nothing. It's just you look at what why were the Warriors so successful? Why were they able to bring in the talent that they were? And it's because Curry had bum ankles and they were like, you know what, we're going to get him at a bit of discount. And Steph took that discount. And again, I'm not arguing that De'Aaron should do that. Get your money. But I'm just saying it makes it tougher to maneuver some of the things they want to maneuver and to keep guys they want to keep. And it's it absolutely just, does, and you're 100% right about that with that comparison. But I, I, would, I would only counter with Steph doesn't take that discount if he doesn't have bum ankles. Exactly. Like, not going to. It's true. Yeah. So, yeah. No, but, but at no, the I same time, Steph, Steph was still more promising than De'Aaron is. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like yeah, we, still, we still got to wonder, like, is De'Aaron um, faster – more confident shooting Eric Bledsoe, or is he, you know, John Wall? Because that was the comparison. But, like, you know, Fox coming off a year where he shot under 30% from three in a year, he was supposed to be showing that, you know, he didn't prove to, as a shooter, uh, you know. Well, Jerry's still out. You, you, you do know, you know, the first, you know, the first domino that will fall there, if it doesn't work with Fox, it's not going to be him, it's going to be Luke. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, and then maybe that should fall already. Um, I don't know. Either way. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the Lakers. And I'm going to the Lakers over the Clippers because, like, the Clippers' um, big move getting Luke Kennard is, uh, you know, whatever. Um, I, I was actually, like, you know, I'm sad for Pistons fans. Like, Luke coming to the Clippers, I'm sure he'll be good there. But, you know, Lakers, okay? So, I know you want to come at me about this West Matthew. Like, why don't, you, why don't you say your piece first and then I'll tell you where I'm at because I feel like we're actually not that far apart. But you know that's timeline itis. Yeah, I was I was actually going to tell you no, I don't think you do, I don't think you do know because look, I I understand where folks are coming from when they're so, you know with the, with the Danny Green love like you started for what three consecutive you know teams and you know they played in the finals. There's there's a reason for it. You're not sorry. You're not a bum. But I will also say. <laughs> With the honestly throughout the you know throughout the regular season you know, the the streaks that that man went on with his shot uh, were pretty maddening. Uh, defensively, he obviously he's still a big body that you can you know that you know that 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 is a willing defender. You know whether he's a great defender that you know that's up that's in the car. You know the, you know that that's up for debate. Uh, but he's a willing defender that you can put on guys with you know with on on bigger scorers with size. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I feel every bit as confidently in Wes Matthews' ability to guard some of the bigger scorers. But what I will say is. You know, the reason why I think some so many folks came at you, you know, regarding that is because it's not just a matter of replacing Danny Green with, you know, you know with Wes Matthews. But I never said that it was, though. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically all of that to say, you know, uh, all the love in the world for Danny. I'm glad he went in, I'm glad he went elsewhere and ended up getting paid. I understand Lakers fans being happy about Wes Matthews because I do think that he can fill uh fill a portion of the role that Danny Green uh, you know, provided. Uh but again, the Lakers aren't done. So let, you know, let, let's see what the rest of that roster looks like. Yeah, and see this is the thing that I hate about fans, man, because 
I was giving the Lakers props. Oh, I, I, I literally was like, they're having an amazing offseason already. I, I, like, again, I was just like, don't think, though, that, like, Wes Matthews is like what Danny Green was because he is. That's, that was my only point was, like, obviously, 100%, you would rather have Dennis Schroeder and Wesley Matthews than Danny Green. Yes. All day, every day, it's not a decision. The dumbest GM in the league could make that call. I was saying, like, great, like they've done a great job. I just think that people thinking that they're equal to each other is not true. And, you know, I've watched a ton of Danny Green. I've watched a ton of Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews doesn't have the defensive uh, anything. Tenacity, footwork, consistency that Danny Green does. Does Danny – like, I also was the guy on this pod who was saying, like, I can't believe – how bad Danny Green is shooting, you know, next to LeBron, especially how well he shot against LeBron in the past. But I just think, like, there's a reason Danny Green got paid $15 million, and there's a reason Wes Matthew got three. And that's my only point was just like, hey, if, if Danny Green is an 8 out of 10 on the 3 and D wing, Wes Matthews is a 6.5, and, and you're happy to have that 6.5 with Dennis Schroeder, and that's fine. I yeah. just, all I said was, like, he's just not as good as Danny Green, and Lakers fans are frothing at the mouth. That's actually fair, but the truth of the matter is, Lakers fans are always going to be frothing at the mouth when it comes to you because you, you know, they envision you as as you know part of the, you know, part of you know part of the issue, part of the Laker hating you know society. When it's just it's just no. dumb though. Like it's the same thing with the it's the same thing with the Warriors thing this morning. I was like, mm-hmm. Steph Curry was good enough at his peak to take a subpar team into title contention, but he never had to do it because luckily, you know, that team found guys who fit with him, and all of his prime years were with really good teams. And Warriors fans were crying on messages. You, it's, just, it's the, it's the narrative. He's a LeBron guy. He's trying to hold Steph down. I'm like, man, I saw LeBron James <laughs> take Larry Hughes to uh-huh. the NBA Finals. I didn't see Steph Curry, Monte Ellis go to the NBA Finals, man. Like, man. What, what the fuck? I, the first half of the tweet was all positive, and then you guys came at me like I was hating on him. Fans are so thing, stupid. Man. A folks, a folks will find any reason to be upset with you. I had a guy, and it's funny because I'm, I'm sure you know he's he's a dude that listens. Whatever we unfollowed each other this week, you know, uh, and, and and that's okay. I don't take it personally when folks do. But come on, name na- name season, huh? Na- drop a name season. Come it was on. Uh, I think it was uh, Alex Large. I think his name. He's, he's, a, he's a Celtics fan, okay. and he came and he came at me out of nowhere on the timeline. Like, wait, where's your Tommy Heinzel? You know, how come you didn't you know uh, acknowledge him? It's like, yo, bro. First of all, oh really? I, I'm not the one that does that. I don't do that. Like every time, every time somebody passes away, I I don't I don't feel the need to run to the timeline and say, hey, all right, Peter, this person. If I didn't have any association or any connection to the person, like it's just that that's that's forced and contrived. But it annoyed me that I even had to answer that question because it was like, for one, why are you why are you trying to police my timeline like that? <laughs> Anyhow, I stayed all of that to say. Folks are irrational. That's just the case. Like, for whatever reason, he woke up that morning and decided, I'm going to pick this fight. And sometimes that's really all it is. I I laugh, too, because, like, I love when you get those comments. Like, where were you when, you know, this happened on this game? Or, like, it'll be like a, I don't know, a Thursday in in a regular December. And it'll be like regular season game between the Lakers and Knicks. And it'll be like... How come you're awfully quiet now that KCP's hit two threes in a row, Josh? And I'm like, yeah, I am because I'm, you know, I'm watching Celtics Clippers and I could not care less. But like, and it does happen more than you think, man. Like, oh yeah, it's just the random shit. Like, do you think I can watch everything, tweet about everything? Like, am I supposed to hold a, a reflections journal about every moment? I don't know. 
Yeah. No, you're, you're, it's an expectation. And again, no hard feelings to that dude. Hey, wish you the best. But yeah, I, I, anybody that's throwing nonsense like that at me, and that you know, I, I mentioned this on the timeline. One of the things that I've I, that I actually have enjoyed the most out of 2020 is because I finally decided, you know what, screw it. I, I prior to this, I was that guy. Who's like, I'm not blocking people. What the hell? What you know? Well, you know why? Why do the folks you know take it that seriously? This year, I've been blocking, unfollowing, muting everybody. <laughs> if you come at me with some nonsense, that's where it is. Because I. I don't have time for it. You are not paying my salary. I do not get anything from, you know, taking your abuse. And, you know, here we are. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm happy to go back and forth with most people. But if you're just going to be a dick, I'm gonna, I, I've muted an awful lot of people for sure. Yeah. Who yell into the wind and don't even realize it. Whatever. <laughs> and it's um, but on the on the basketball front with the Lakers, and what I was saying like before the, the Lakers fans are mad about the West Matthews thing is like, okay, West Matthews, you know, assuming KCP's back, you have your, your wings that you can go out there, that you can trot out there, that are going to play some defense. Hopefully on the right nights they're going to hit the shots they're supposed to hit. But I really do think like the Dennis Schroeder acquisition was quite nice in that there was times where it was evident that like if LeBron didn't facilitate every bucket um, the Lakers were going to make, even with AD out there, um, it wasn't going to, the offense wasn't going to hum. And, you know, we could go back and forth. Like I think we talked about this. Like one in six nights AD just doesn't have it with the motor. One in five, one in four, one in eight, whatever you want to say on that night – you now have a guy in Dennis Schroeder who's happy to go out there, try to make some things happen, you know, get some tough shots. And and I really think that was a guy that they were missing this year. And not only that, make things easier for AD and for if Kuzma's on a team for Kuzma or whomever else is coming in with that second lineup. Like, I won't lie to you, that, that was one of the things that frustrated the hell out of me. Look, I'm great we got uh, playoff Rondo because, like, that was a legitimately shocking straight up. Yeah. Uh, but throughout the regular season, you know, when he was actually available you know, over the last two years, we just weren't getting it. You know, the Lakers weren't getting anything from him and anything from that second. You know, honestly, not much of anything from that second unit outside of the nights where folks were just hot or able to, you know, or able to just get it going for themselves somehow. Uh, so, yeah, no, like the Schroeder, the Schroeder situation is, you know, like while. You know, I may have been a little bit critical of him in the past. I will say, it. You know, he he's one of those guys, and you know that I'm honest about this stuff. He's one of those guys that if he's playing against you, or at least me, I don't like him. But when he's on my team, he might wind up being one of my favorite guys. And, it's kind of like the market smart type guy. And, and I'm, I'm not, not, I'm not comparing yeah. it to. I'm saying like that type of personality. Anyhow. And I'm not just doing this to be like the anti like goose guy on the show, but like, you know, there there was a history like a Lou Williams Jamal Crawford history where like. He takes a lot of bad shots, and like sometimes he's out there. You're wondering if he makes the team better. Mm-hmm. So last year in OKC was a was a, was a very positive blip overall in his career, and we're thinking that's who he is now because that's the season he had. You know, it, it could still go the other way. It'd probably be somewhere in the middle, but on a whole, I think the Lakers have done really well, and I don't think they're done yet, like you said. So well, like the only thing I'll say to that is it's a you know he's older now, and he's not playing on a, on a shitty team. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing to be in Atlanta as a rookie, you know, playing alongside Goofy Dwight. Now all of a sudden you got mat- halfway halfway mature Dwight, <laughs> and you're playing and you're playing for you're playing. Well, you know, maybe with, with guys, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you're playing with guys that are you know, that, that are holding you accountable and, and have it, expectations for you. And I did. I mean, I did. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. I saw someone be like, "Well, yeah, he was playing next to Chris Paul. Of course, he got good looks." And I mean, like. Ignoring the fact that they were staggered plenty and ignoring mm-hmm. the fact that he now has LeBron James. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I digress. Enough time on the Lakers. The, <laughs> the time's been spent. Okay, so we kind of t- touched on the Clippers. Um, there was kind of a wonky rumor or, or scenario thrown out that Paul George for Harden was hmm. 
whiffed out there. And I, I don't, I mean, I don't know why Houston would do that. Um, if the if you're trading Harden and you're trying to rebuild, I don't think Paul George is the fit. But like, you know, you might as well do your deal, due diligence on that call because Harden and Kawhi together would be terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, okay, so you know, I don't often, I don't always fully give it up. That's the combo I don't want to see. Yeah, that that would that's be the, that's the combo quite a duo. Nope. And you know, you know that Kawhi would just be like, whatever. If I have 14 shots tonight, whatever. Exactly. As long as we're winning, I don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah. Anyways, Clippers done. Let's let's go to uh, who else has been doing some interesting. Let's go to Houston. Right. I mean, now we're on her. So so Houston, um, punishing shenanigans. Here's the thing, man. Um, you are not a a Nazi or a terrible person if you do in fact think that NBA teams need to come before NBA players. Uh, the like this whole idea that like Houston has to move Harden because he requested a trade is stupid. They don't have to do that. He has two full years on his deal before the option year. You can be pro player and you can support that Harden has a right to ask out, which he does. But Houston is not obligated to move him. And if they, like, I mean, if they were to take that deal of Jared Allen, Karis Levert, and Spencer Dinwiddie, they would regret it forever. I mean, they, you cannot move an MVP player for that package. You can't move that player when you have picks away and you're not getting any picks back. Like, Houston, if they're going to move Harden and they're going to oblige him and they can't work it out, they need to take their time and they need to do their due, due diligence. And if that's next offseason off they move him or if that's February they move him, honest to God, if, if Harden sat out, they would be better off letting him sit out a year and finding the right deal than they would be just panic moving. I agree with that. And, he, and so here's the thing. Like, you know I'm in favor of players being able to move, just like I understand the, you know, the other side of it. I understand the business of you know, teams deciding to, you know, to move on whenever they want. Uh, but you're 100% right. No, they don't have to. Now, I know the timeline may have you know, presented it as though it was a foregone conclusion simply because it was out there. But no, of course not. And as funny as it sounds, I was, you know, last, you know, like, you know, the beginning of the week and even last week, I thought like, okay, it's probably going to happen before the season. I'm, I've, I've come full circle. I don't think it's going to take place. Uh, I think if they could get anybody to take Russ, they would. Uh, but yeah, like if you're Houston, you could you 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 may end up having to package you know assets to get rid of Russ, but you have to recoup you know with you know with the Harden deal. And I'll be honest with you, I think that, like I think the idea, even the idea of that of that um, Nets deal that doesn't include Kyrie going somewhere as a big piece is an insult. Like, you know, no disrespect to Karras, no disrespect to Spencer Dinwiddie. I like both of those guys. No disrespect to Jared Allen. All three of those guys can be productive players and productive members of good teams. But it's disrespectful to Jay, to the talent that James Harden, you know, bring, you know, honestly, the marketing ability as well as the talent that he brings on the court to even consider that. Yeah, I mean, it's a joke. It's I mean, it was an absolute joke offer. Uh, like, I mean, again, you're dreaming. You're, you're absolutely dreaming. I, I just, if it happens, good for you. Like, I mean, it, I guess... The, the league is going to head into a very dangerous place, and the league will have to figure out how to limit players' powers because it would cripple the Rockets franchise, and it makes no sense. It makes it makes no sense because with that move, you're telling me that you're retooling around three guys that probably all fall short of an all-star ceiling, and you still have that dead dead rust deal. Like, it, it's just, it was Maybe the worst team in the West, okay? And, like, and this is the thing. Like, Houston has picks out. Like, they have, like, f- four or five years of picks gone. And it's just, how are you going... To deal Harden and get worse and not have a pick, like you, you have to have a young guy that you're super excited about. So to that point, like if Philly brought Ben Simmons plus, 
Like, I think that's a deal that maybe there there are some legs. Now, I don't know. You know, there's been talk that Tillman Fertitta wouldn't want to make a deal um, with Daryl Morey following his departure. Uh, Fertitta's son, I think, you know, uh, defended that on Twitter and was like, no, he's a businessman. He made the best deal. Like, but Ben Simmons is the best name that I've heard. And I'm still like, I don't know. Because you you got to get a blue chip guy back if you don't have your own picks for Harden or you just don't deal Harden. I was actually going to ask you, what, is there a, is there a deal out there like that's feasible that you would accept? Like, okay, it's not going to happen, but let's say Minnesota says, "Hey, we well, we want you to be in the cat business. Would you make that deal?" Sit yeah, around, I would. Center around yeah, package with him for okay. sure. Because I, I I think like at least he, we know he's a blue chip guy and you're getting it. Um, the deal that I keep coming back to, like, I, I've gone through all sorts of situations with Boston and, and, and really everyone. Like, I've thrown so many of these in the tunnel. The one that I keep coming back to, and I, I would literally hate to see it, but if Denver called and offered Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and a pick for James Harden, I think that's something that Houston and Harden was like, you know what? I could go play with Jokic. Denver's mm-hmm. got something. Michael Porter Jr., whatever. Or maybe like maybe the MPJ's in there, but you know, like I think Denver's close enough where James Harden could maybe be convinced. If that's if that's a deal that happens, I could see both sides potentially reluctant be be reluctant to make that happen, which is why you know it's close. Like Houston fans, are like I don't love Jamal Murray like that, but maybe maybe that's the best we could do. And Denver fans, I don't I don't know if Harden and Jokic are the best fit, but Harden would be the best player to ever wear a Denver uniform. So, like I. I that's the type of deal that actually happens, though, where both sides are kind of holding their stomachs tight and aren't sure how they feel about it, because that's the only time that it makes sense to deal superstar who's still in his prime. Both fan best, both fan bases will be upset with us, but I'm gonna keep it real with you. That's a fantastic deal, and yes, Michael Porter Jr. would need to be in it as well in order in order to get it done. But that's a fantastic deal, and one I'm gonna be honest, I would love to see. I'm you know, you know I'm here for chaos, but also. I want to see both of those guys in that spotlight, you know, on that stage again in in a conference finals again. Yeah, and I mean on the Russ front, here's the thing. Like I had heard, like I got a little scoopy scoop, but I wasn't gonna be one of these, you know, dudes on the timeline. You know, like I hate all these guys. People know people. I know people. You know people. But like, mm-hmm. don't get flamed on the timeline for running with news you don't know nothing about. So I, I had heard that Russ and Orlando had been talked about like in May. Like I had heard, like if this if this didn't work out, like Orlando had already made it clear that they were interested. And then I heard that again, and um, I guess today I think it was Woj who who said that like a call was made and Houston was hoping for a combo around Aaron Gordon. And I just laughed, man, because like I didn't know what who who was in the deal, and I was thinking like they would get back like salary fodder and a pick, <laughs> like you get you get Terrence Ross, Markel Fultz, and Aminu's contracts, and then you get like. A future heavily protected pick because that's where Russ's value is probably at. Yeah, but like, of of course, like of course, it's not going to happen if they're swinging for Aaron Gordon because man, Aaron Gordon's still nice. Like, and he costs half as much. So Russ's deal's tough. Yeah, but, it's it's it is going to be tough. And you know, to be honest with you, for Orlando to make sense, if you're not including Gordon, then you're probably going to have to get a third team involved. And then you know, I mean, they drafted Cole Anthony. So like, now do you really want to bring in Russ so that Cole Anthony can sit behind him? Like. Yeah, that's a good point. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to help keep your business going. 
Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of jo online job seekers in the U.S. Visiting, visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore, total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means even more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with free with a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash blue wire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team and player and coach props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anyone else. You can get in on their season open bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today, online today, excuse me, and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Um, the, the, the Knicks really do. Here's my thing. I'll pitch it. I think the Knicks should do it. And look, Russ has three years left on his deal. I think it's two and an option. Okay. <laughs> the Knicks are not contending for a championship this year or next year. You, you know, Giannis is not going to New York. Okay. Kawhi's not going to New York. So here you didn't draft a point guard either. Okay, like Halliburton was there, they they passed on him. You don't have a point guard on that roster. Like you, you're not running Frank Nielakeen out there again. No. So you you trade for Russ because he's basically free. Yeah, heavily protected pick, whatever you gotta do so to save, you know, face for Houston. You bring in Russell Westbrook, you let him play next to RJ Barron. And you know Obi. Knox, if you think he's part of it, and Obi Toppin, and you have you make the Knicks at least exciting to watch on a nightly basis, and then in two years when Russ's deal is up, you get him out of there and you let your young guys go, and then you attack free agency again. But like, what are the Knicks missing out on by not getting Russell Westbrook? Because the guy they're linked to right now is Gordon Hayward. Oof. Okay. Like. And you already have a bunch of forwards, so why would... I mean, at Gordon Hayward at 25 mil or Russ at 40, but you actually need a point guard. Like, I think New York is the one team that does make a little sense. What if... Okay, so I, I want to go here with you. Uh, for one, I, I actually agree with you. I think they should you know, be considering that. Why, if you're the Knicks, why wouldn't you say, hey, we'll give you the next five drafts and take your pick and get Harden and have Harden be that guy that plays the exact role of what you just said? I, I don't know if it's enough. Like, I, I don't know if Houston looking at the... Well, but maybe. I'm like, saying, it, like, if literally, it, if like, it, five drafts. Here, three picks, two swaps, however however you need to do that. If, if New York said it, we'll give you three unprotected picks. Yes. 
and two swaps. Yep. I, I, I think if I was Houston, if I was the, you know, Silas Fertitta, what's the new GM's name again? I don't even know. Let me see. The, the trio, if I was that, you know, that trio of, of brains and heads, I, I might be like, okay, I want, give me the three unprotected picks, a swap, and R.J. Barrett. That's what I'm saying. Like, like they could I, they could do it, but then, but okay, but then like what, like are James Harden and Julius Randall and Ob Toppin gonna do anything? But here's the difference, though. Like, I always enjoy making a you know making the Knicks jokes and all of that stuff. It, it's fun. People would actually join Harden in New York. Like it may maybe not everybody. But I do believe that he could recruit somebody to go. There. I, I don't know, man. Like who? Who has? No one has liked playing with Harden. Actually, that's a good point. Damn. Like no one. No <laughs> one again. Like, nobody has liked playing with Russ. Do, do you want to come to the Garden without fans during COVID and have James Harden pass to you four times a night? Feels like I feel. It feels like you. If you you could find the right guy to do it. Here's the thing. Like I, I you dragged me in. I did. I did dip my toes into it. I hadn't even considered Harden to New York. But like, here's here's my thing. Like with Russ. You're punting, and you know it. Yeah. Like, we're punting, we know it. We're selling some tickets. We're selling some jerseys. We're making the team exciting. We're working on marketing, getting a veteran star in there to talk to RJ and Obi. But with Harden, you're like, okay, we got to win. And then I don't know who you're convincing to come help you win. And I feel like it's mellow all over again. We're like, you got the team to bring in the star, and you don't have the pieces to make it work. And then the team would end up just – like, the fans would just end up resenting Harden. Especially if, like, R.J. Barrett got good or one of those picks becomes, like, the next whoever. They would just end up resenting that Harden couldn't get them further in the second round. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> but then again, you know, they may do. They may feel the same way about Russ if that were to happen. Like, I, I just threw it out there because, because I, I was asking it on the timeline the other day. Like, why wouldn't a team like the Knicks just say, here, like, here's our draft? And what was your response? I kind of want to pull it right now. You, what, you, you said what was the response to it? Yeah, people were people were in agreement. They're like, "Yeah, why wouldn't they do that?" And I think one Knicks fan chimed in and you know, like, kind of like poo pooed it or whatever, and or acted like it. You know, probably uh, uh, a little bit of a self protecting himself because he doesn't want to get his hopes up type deal. But Maybe. Uh, but for the most part, everybody you know seemed to at least be intrigued by the idea. You you should pull it you know with your audience. I might I might pull it after the oh, to redo this. Um, Okay, let, let, let's let's take a break from teams for a moment, and because we're talking picks, let's talk the draft just a little bit. Neither one of us is a draft guy. No. Um, did you have any immediate strong feelings about any pick or any situation during the draft? I mean, no, I'm not even going to fake it. But uh, truth be told, I, I I I'm always excited by the draft because even though I don't like I don't know the players, I like seeing the guys with their families. I like seeing the reactions. I like seeing the excitement uh, because like even though we may laugh at the Knicks. Ultimately, Obi was very clear that he wanted to go there, and that's kind of awesome. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you, like that 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 excited me. Um, I'm intrigued to see. Well, I went into it like wondering what the hell the Warriors were gonna, were going to do, considering we got that terrible news right before the draft. Uh, you know, and of course, I will do the you know, the little victory lap of even though I was joking about them to you know ultimately selecting James Wiseman. It's funny uh, they you know they did wind up doing that. Um, I, I don't, you know, I, I can't front and say that I have, you know, like all of the expectations in the world for any of these guys, but, you know, what's his name? Edwards, Anthony Edwards? Yeah. The fact that he straight out acknowledged that he doesn't even really like the game, but is that damn good? That was intriguing to me. It's like, okay, do we have a baby Bynum going, you know, going on or, you know, you know what kind of what to expect? Yeah, so if you love the NBA draft, 
And you don't want to hear two NBA guys talk about NBA draft Twitter and, and college prospects. Please skip forward six minutes into the into the pod. But man, here are, I hate the draft season. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Because you have the biggest... Dude, I am on Twitter all the time. I follow 7,000 of you clowns. I don't see you tweet a single time about Anthony Edwards all year. And then you're all experts on him. Yeah. I don't see you, you you talking about Gonzaga once all year. And you're telling me that the Pistons had a great draft. It's just a fucking echo chamber. Like one guy that they know or like, oh, so-and-so had a great draft. Or so-and-so's going to be great. And all these dudes just like hop on it and they just blah, 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 blah. Blow, blow the same steam. It drives me nuts. And the coverage for the draft, like... My God, Jay Williams made me miss Charles Barkley. Like, <laughs> I'm sitting here watching the draft. I'm watching the draft, and I'm watching Shit. this draft coverage. And Jay Williams, they're like, hey, Jay, who would you... And he's the obvious odd man in the room, man. Like, he doesn't have any stats. He doesn't have anything to bring other than, like, the eye test. And so he's just winging this thing. And they're like, hey, talk to me. Who's the number one pick in the draft if it's you? And Jay Williams, straight face, looks at the camera, and he's like, I'm taking Anthony Edwards. Okay, you know, all the smart draft people I said are, are really worried about Anthony Edwards. This interview's just come out. Like, defend your case. What are some of the nice things you have to say about the guy that you would select number one overall if it was you in the draft, right? Like, he's obviously got some 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 facts or some, some intrigue or some observations. That's why. No, this fucking guy then says, my, you know, I would take him, but, you know, my only worry is that he's kind of like Andrew Wiggins and might not have any heart. Are you fucked? Like what? <laughs> you, on national TV with a straight face, it, it, before the like two minutes before the number one overall pick is going to be announced, you have the draft panelists saying that he is worried he would pick a guy that he is worried has no heart. Like talk about terrible for the sport. Talk about terrible analysis. Talk about just bullshit. Like how do you know? How do you know Andrew Wiggins has no heart? How do you know Anthony Edwards has no heart? Have you talked to his teammates? Have you talked to his coach? Like do you know? Like and then if you do think that, why in God's name would you take a guy who has no heart? Number one, what a stupid, stupid time NBA draft time. So so here's the thing. You're 100 right about that. The, I I will listen to the Gavonis and the you know wasn't Mike Schmitz and like those types of guys. If I want to hear about the draft, I'm going to go to them or some or or, or folks that cover the college you know the college game or prep game or you know uh, international game. But you know like, let's be real, man. Like we hear you know the NBA analysts that they end up using. They're not even good. They're not even fantastic about you know breaking down the NBA game, so you know they're not watching the college game. It's the no. reason why we are also very upfront about it. If we look, if you want somebody to break down the you know like to truly truly break down the draft, you're not listening to this show. We or or we can bring somebody on in order to do that. But you know sometimes you fake it till you make it, and let's be real. Someone there was a producer in his ear that probably gave him that note on the spot, and that's why he said it. It, it, it drives me nuts, man. And there are a lot of good people who do a lot of work in the draft. And I will say, like, I'm, I'm going to shout someone you would not think, okay? At RP3 Natural, Rashad Phillips, okay? Oh. He gets Talk clowned soon. all the time. Talk soon. <laughs> he gets clowned on the timeline all the time. And the man was wrong on Luka. He took a, he took a ginormous L on Luka, 100%. But it happens, man. Like, all of these guys are taking L's, man. Like, some of the guys I respect most, like one of the guys I respect most in basketball draft Twitter told me Markel Fultz was a mix of Damian Lillard and Dwayne Wade. Okay? 
I think he does tremendous work. I know he's invested in it. You just have misses. But you know what? If I want to know about a guy's heart, which I don't, stop telling me which 17-year-old, 18, 19-year-old you think likes the game because you've seen him shrug on fucking television. Shut the fuck up. My God. But if I if I do want to hear about a guy's personality, I'll go to Rashad because at least I know he's hanging out with these guys. He's in the gym with these guys. He's in the gym with these guys' friends. Like, yeah, maybe like no one's perfect. Maybe he's not the best analyst ever. But at least you can speak to that. Like, has Jay Williams even hung around Anthony Edwards? Has he ever had an interview with him one-on-one? Probably. Come on, man. Like, that's such bullshit. Well... If we're if we're if we're going with draft coverage, I remember back when I was working for USA Today, they had us, you know, obviously, you know, covering the draft and whatnot. And we got a quote from Fran Fertilla, and it was about this young guard that was coming out uh, that he absolutely and he tried to re, you know retract the statement after the fact and act as though he didn't fully say it with his chest. But he compared this guy from an athleticism standpoint to a young Kobe Bryant, as well as Russell Westbrook. And we, you know, hey, we're, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, money quote, bam, 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 bam. You know, the, you know, I, I got my article. That player ended up being Dante Exum. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's how it goes, man. Like, it's, like I wrote a whole article on this one time because like the Brandon Ingram Ben Simmons draft, like mm-hmm. Slam did the Ben Simmons Lebron cover. They were calling Brandon Ingram Kevin Durant. They were calling Buddy Heald Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Do you understand that if this draft has LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, it's the most ridiculous draft of all time? Like, it, it can't happen every year. You think, like, these these guys are like, Buddy Heald might go seventh. Like, if he's the next seventh, Steph Curry, why is he going seventh? Like, exactly. I, it's, um, you know what, if you want, like, and this is the other thing, too. Like, they're, like I'm not trying to poo-poo everyone on draft Twitter, and I love that you put poo-poo into my, like, there daily is. vernacular. But um, there's a lot of people, and I'm going to say there are a lot of white young males on NBA draft Twitter who think because they have a synergy account and they watch college basketball that they are gifted as basketball analysts above and beyond everyone else. And I see them clown national guys all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just, the arrogance is, is just infuriating. And I can imagine, you know, other people think that as well, but Jonathan Wasserman, you know, who survived the bleacher report call is as good as anybody I've seen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Schmitz, and you said Gavoni, Gavoni, however you say his name. Yep. They get paid by ESPN yep. for a reason. Okay, like I know that sometimes mm-hmm. you see people and you're like, their work's not great, they're overrated, fine. But there's a reason some of these guys are getting paid what they're getting paid, and not that there aren't great people like Max Carlin and Jackson Frank and some of these guys out there who do do some great work and watch a lot of film, and, and I appreciate Mike Gribbenoff. But like, there's some other guys out there who are just massive dicks who think they know more than they do, and they all echo each other anyway. So that's my piece. That's my piece. Um, but I, I will say on the players on LaMelo Ball, I don't really see it with LaMelo Ball. His stats, like I'm more of a stats guy in the NBA, were ugly. Um, but a lot of people I trust who are writing about him say that if there is someone from this draft class that pops, you know, he feels like the guy with his size and his handle that could really, you know, get to that next level. The only thing, I, I'm just happy Charlotte got that guy because Charlotte is overdue to have a guy that could get to the next level. Like, man... That they are they they are owed they 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 are, they are owed somebody who's nice nice and I and I hope for their sake Lamelo's nice nice I really do look I went into the I with, with anything with the Ball family I'm always like I hope the kids work out 
Like, I hope it works out for the kids. I don't have any animosity toward, you know, towards LeVar or anything like that. Of course, I got tired of it, you know, you know, you know, very quickly, you know, when he was here in Los Angeles, or excuse me, when he was in Los Angeles, when I was also there at the time, I'm saying here as though I'm not sitting in Tucson. Um, <laughs> but, you know, truth of the matter is, I, I don't hold any, you know, any, any true ill will. But when it comes to the kids, you know, like, I, I maybe I do hold a soft spot for him for, su- for similar reasons that you did early on when it came, you know, when it came to Lonzo, because it was more just like, yeah, it's not him. Like he's not the one saying this stuff. So let, let you know, kind of get off his back. I actually remember you saying that on a timeline at one time, and that's actually that might have brought me closer to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for, yeah. So for Lamelo, I, I, I wish him all the best. I have the same sort of reservations when it comes to his, you know, comes to you know certain aspects of his game. But he's but from an instinct standpoint, that kid can play because you know, like. It, it, w- I didn't look at the stats of NBL of the NBL league until until later, but the footage that I did watch, he looked fine. He actually looked good. He looked impressive, even. So if he, you know, if if player development there in Charlotte is good, you know, we, they might be rocking with something. Maybe, yeah. I mean, we'll see. And like again, like the like I think Lavar is kind of an asshole, and obviously he's toned things down. And I really hated how he took the spotlight away from his kids, mm-hmm. and I really hate how he took like what should have been their moment and, and really tried to profit on it. And, you know, there was some stuff that was gross about it, but I, at the same time, like people who had never met LeVar Ball talking about how he was a shit father, who's now raised two guys who, mm-hmm. two sons who have made it to the NBA and have chosen to keep him in their life. Um, yep. You know, like, again, just the people speaking on things that they like really don't know a lot about. And yeah. it's kind of like, that you don't need to go there, man. If if you have an opinion on how Lamelo or Lonzo hoops or, or how Lavar carries about himself, even that's fine. But like, do you need to do a psych assessment on how that family runs? Like, is that your? Do you really think you have the depth of understanding there in the whole picture? No, probably not, man. Like, there, and you're exactly to that point. You're exactly right. There was a lot of that, and I stayed out of that. I'm you know for for a lot of different reasons, but also because it was bullshit. Like none of us know what that man is about. None of us know what their family life you know like has been. You know, I may not have loved his approach. I may not have loved all of the crazy you know carnival barker type stuff that he was saying, but at the same time, I also kind of got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of things on the draft of, of the limited film that I watched the guy that stuck out to me was Tyrese Halliburton okay. and um, guy that can shoot the lights out of the ball uh, shot 50% from the field in his uh, sophomore year University Iowa State uh, 42% from three feels like a guy that can move well around the court he can knock down shots that's the kind of guy that I think you want in today's NBA that's the kind of guard you want and he's, he's not small either like he can kind of play one or two um, he's got some size. He's a guy that fell. He went to the Kings at 12, and there's a rumor out that he wanted the Kings, and, like, we'll see it. But um, yeah, yeah, weren't they saying that his agent, and you know, both he and his agent were telling the teams, like, don't pick me, don't pick me. Yeah. I actually want the Sacramento Kings. And I'm not sure if I... case, that's pretty dope. Like, I'm, I'm not sure if I buy it or not, but okay. <laughs> whatever. You know, like, Sometimes whatever, like... spin it. <laughs> if Tyrese Halliburton is the best player from this class, just remember... That was my only real comment as to how good anyone was going to be. So maybe I'm a natural. Maybe I should go on the timeline and dunk on the on the pros. We'll see. Um, the guy that everybody loves, okay? The guys that everybody loved, um, Sadiq Bey and Desmond Bain. All the all of the draft guys loved those two, and they fell and fell and fell and fell. Desmond Bain ended up with the Grizzlies, Sadiq Bey with the Pistons. Um, last year, that guy was Brandon Clark, Okay. And I'm keeping track of this. Like, last year, that guy was Brandon Clark. The year before, it was Josh Hart. Um, 
Brandon Clark was arguably the third best rookie behind mm-hmm. Morant and Zion. Like, this is the thing. Like, when absolutely everybody I read likes these guys and is tweeting like, "Oh, they're falling," then I'm gonna listen. So you know, I just if you're not if you're not actually on the timeline all the time, two two name two other names to look up. Memphis. Let me go ahead and say it. Memphis will have a playoff spot this year. Well, yeah, man. I, I not, I'm not saying that. specifically because of him. I'm saying because I believe that I believe in what they're building there. Um, breaking news: uh, Daniello Gallinari is fa- finalizing a three-year deal for sixty-one and a half million dollars with the Atlanta Hawks. Ooh. So, I mean, the Hawks are doing some things. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's go to the Hawks. Okay, so the Hawks, they were linked to Bogdanovich this morning. I wonder if that's now done with, with the Gallo signing. Um, I mean, the, we, we've talked about Trey Young. He wants to win. Like, there there was a lot of we've, – we've talked before. I've heard, like, he he really wants them to be competitive. They traded for Clint Capella. Hopefully, Josh Collins keeps his nose clean. Um, Anyeka Ngonkwu, who they drafted number six, is supposed to be a five. So I kind of – like, they moved Deadman, Dwayne Deadman today – but you kind of wonder how that's going to fit. With Collins. Yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, the Hawks are doing things. Uh, this doesn't feel like a crazy move, though. Like, Gallo's a good player. It's a good signing. Good for them. If if, if Gallo can stay healthy, the Hawks are going to be a really, really fun team this year. Like, I, I love this deal for them. Like, Although let's, my, be, let's be real. When's the last time, and I'm not saying Gallo's a superstar by any stretch, but when's the last time a even serious con, you know, uh, com, contributor decided to go there? To Atlanta? It's been uh, a minute. With Joe, Joe Johnson? Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> what, what, 2003, 2004? Wait, I guess Paul Millsap? Okay, yeah. Did Paul Millsap get traded to Atlanta, or did he sign there? I think he signed there. Hmm. I'll look it up as you go. Okay, yeah, I think he signed there. Uh, but yeah, no, fair point. I mean, I think they'll be better. Good for them. Unlike, you know, your, your prediction, I would feel more comfortable saying Atlanta's going to make the playoffs than uh, Memphis, just because the West is such a, you know, dog and pony show. But... Um, you know, we, we, we mentioned the Pistons. Dwayne Dedman got dealt there. Um, Sadiq Bey got drafted there. The Detroit Pistons, who pissed off everyone in their fan base, trading Luke Kennard and Bruce Brown this week for nothing. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say for nothing. They got a pick. They, you know, they, they, got, they got Sadiq Bey because of it. But, you know, they traded Luke Kennard, who's probably the, the fan favorite. Okay, they're making a bunch of moves. They have signed today Jalil Okafor, traded for Dwayne Dedman, signed Mason Plumley. And now signed Josh Jackson. What? What? Honest, honest to God, this is like, you know how everybody had a move like the the Wizards had Jan Mahinmi and the Lakers had Timothy Mozgov and and Chandler Parsons. There's all these deals that that in 2015 16 where everyone's just shaking their head like, how is this happening? Like the Pistons are making all of those moves. Like I like, w- why are you in a rush to sign Mason Plumlee, Josh Jackson, and Jalil Okafor? Look, no disrespect to either either of those guys, but the Pistons truly are like the Knicks roster last year. Knicks fans, chill. I'm not talking about now, but they're the Isle of Misfit Toys. Like this doesn't yep. make any sense. And like, may, maybe this is the precursor to a, a, like a large deal that some of these guys are going to be in. But as as currently constituted, that makes no that roster makes no sense whatsoever. So that, like they drafted Killian Hayes at seven, who's a guard they're excited about, right? And I guess he'll, you know, split time with Derrick Rose. And then, like I don't, I don't even know who they like. Blake Griffin's going to play some two three this year. Jaws going to play some three four. Mason Plumlee's going to play some four five with Isaiah Stewart, who they drafted at sixteen, and Dwayne Dedman. <laughs> and like, 
I don't honestly. Detroit is doing some weird, weird stuff. Man. Maybe Detroit. Like, maybe Detroit saw the size that the Lakers put out there and said, "Hey, you know, if we faced him in the finals, we're going to need to compete with that." And I got. I mean, we got some. We got some more breaking news, which is nice because it brings me to another team I want to talk to that we haven't got to yet. Uh, Dwight Howard has once again done for the second time in his career. Did that? I'm going back to LA. Never mind. Um, he is going to Philadelphia um, on a one-year deal. Uh, Sham Sharani reporting. Interesting. Uh, reporting. Interesting. So, I'm not. Let's just say I'm not quite as hurt this, you know, the second time yeah, around. Yeah. But that is very interesting. Um, so, so Dwight's going to go play with Doc and and Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, all of a sudden with Daryl Morey there, is make, doing some smart things. I mean, Dwight proved he can play some good minutes. Okay, he, he, it's, it's a nice ad. But they got off Al's contract, Al Horford's contract, who mm-hmm. like proved quite without a doubt that him and Joel Embiid was a terrible idea. Um, you know, so they, they got off Al Horford's deal, which is, you know, widely regarded as one of the worst contracts in the NBA. They bring in Danny Green, okay? Feel however you want about Danny Green. He's overpaid. He's not as good as people think. He is a 3 and D guy, which is exactly one more 3 and D guy than Philly had last, last year next to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, who really should be surrounded by four 3 and D guys at all times. Yes. Um, so they got Danny Green for Al Horford. Big win, Okay. They also brought in Terrence Ferguson. I don't know if you care about that. But <laughs> then on, on draft night, and I know Josh Richardson's an okay player, they went and grabbed Seth Curry for Josh Richardson for mm-hmm. the Mavs. I love this move for Philly, man. Look, Seth, Seth Curry feels like the perfect fit next to Ben Simmons. Like, Ben can de- – like, whoever you want Seth – you don't want Seth on, Ben will guard, okay? He's going to be longer, bigger, and probably faster than him anyway, okay? And now, next to Ben – you have a guy who's like a 45, 46% three-point shooter at all times. Like, that feels like a, a home run fit in Philly. Um, they're doing some good things. No, like, like honestly, you, you, I think you hit it on the head when you when you described it as some competence in the front office. Like, it's just that simple. They, you know, they had parts, they had pieces, they had, you know, two young stars, and they had money to spend, spend the money clearly to burn. So all of a sudden, you get a guy like Maury in there, whom I, I may not love him, and he may not be my favorite, but he's absolutely a competent GM. You get a guy like that in there that very clearly, and you know, it's funny, it was joked about on the timeline, I wish I could credit the person, but very clearly had his his plan in motion while he was still actively, you know, like in Houston, because he hit the ground running in ways where it's like, okay, let's go. Philly is, you know, maybe, maybe this might be the year where Philly, you know, lives up to the expectation, and 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 it's chal- and it's challenging, you know, in the conference again. Yeah, and and I, honestly, man, I think they already look better on paper than they looked last year. You know, pending Ben Simmons comes back, yeah, he looks healthy. Um, I still don't know that they're done though. I would I would not be surprised if Daryl Morey did trigger one of Ben or, or Embiid. Um, I don't think it's a great chance, but I would not be. Would not be surprised. Like I, I think there's maybe he waits and and lets Ben Simmons build his value back up, or you know whatever finds the right deal. But I would not be surprised. Um, a name that hasn't dropped yet: um, Serge Ibaka and Gordon Hayward. Um, probably the two bigger na- biggest names left, with uh, a lot of guys opting in and and Dragic going back to the Heat. Um, you know, not not a lot to say on on the Miami Heat. Uh, Myers Leonard and Goran Dragic going back. They're maintaining cap flexibility, hoping for Giannis. Uh, should we let's talk about the Bucks? We should talk about the Bucks. All right. um, obviously, my dream of hitting all thirty teams in sixty minutes is oof, was ambitious, but uh, we can get through about 13, 14. So let's go. Let's go to Milwaukee Bucks. Um, obviously, Drew Holiday is a good ad. If, if Eric Bledsoe is a if a starting point guard in the NBA is a five, Eric Bledsoe is a six. What's Drew Holiday? 
Wait, wait, wait. Repeat that? Okay, so let's say the average starting point guard in the NBA is a 5 out of 10. Uh-huh. Eric Bledsoe's a 6 out of 10. What's Drew Holiday? Mm, 7, 7.5. Maybe yeah. even an 8 if he at his best. I would say 7.5, like maybe 8 if they get the best. Yep. So we're, we're, we're close. So the, the thing with Drew Holiday, and I do think it's a, it's a really good add. They get one of the best defensive point guards in the game. I don't think he was as effective at that end last year um, as he was, you know, the year prior when he blanked Dame Lillard. But, you know, a really good defensive player, uh, a guy you actually trust to facilitate the offense, a little bit better of a shooter, but still not a very good overall shooter. He's not someone that you're thrilled about taking a ton of shots. He's not someone who the defense respects a ton at that end. And... You know, uh, half court offense was was Milwaukee's problem. So they, you know, they brought in Bogdanovich, who I really like the combo of moves because Bogdanovich is a guy who can shoot the three, who can play either guard spot, um, and who who you trust to maybe go get a shot and close when Giannis and Drew aren't that guy. It should be Chris Middleton, but he hasn't always been able to do it. So the the combo of moves was great. I really thought the Bucks hit it out of the park, um, and in that moment, I was like, Bucks Lakers finals next year is going to be great. Then, obviously, things come crashing down. Um, the Sacramento Kings really should take some shit for this. I don't know why people keep blaming the Bucks. <laughs> well, because the Bucks, I mean, because, of, like, let's keep it real. The Sacramento Kings are, are a perennial punching bag, and all, you know, people like punching up more than punching down. But the, the thing is, like, Woj reported this, and people are joking that, like, oh, yeah, he did it on purpose. Like, no, man, he someone did it on purpose. Like, No, someone some, put that out so- there on purpose. And like the conspiracy is like, oh, the, like the league doesn't want Giannis to leave. Possible, okay. Well, maybe Clutch didn't want Giannis to get help in Milwaukee. Maybe like whoever. Like you, you can make it whoever you want. Like I, I think the funnest one is Pat Riley. <laughs> Pat, Pat Riley Pat very much wants it. Yeah, I mean, like there's any number of people who was not in their interest for the Milwaukee Bucks to shore things up and get a commitment from Giannis. Okay, so somebody leaked things to Woj. It leads to a tampering allegation. But here's the thing, man. He didn't want to go to Milwaukee. Yeah, I'm like, intrigued by that. Like, he didn't He didn't want to go to Milwaukee. It, it, like, on, on two fronts. One, he was going to start on a team that was going to be an instant title contender next to the back-to-back MVP. And we've heard lots. You know, people don't want to play with Harden. You know, some people don't want to play with LeBron. Like, do people not want to play with Giannis? I don't think so. Like, it, what this it, it feels like less of that to me, and more of he had his he had another team in mind already. And which is who? I'm sorry. Which is who? Because he's been rumored to the Lakers and Hawks. Now, if he goes to the Lakers, he's gonna get he's gonna get less than he would have got. He's gonna get half of what he would have got with the Bucks. And now the Hawks use that money on Gallo. I mean, what were the Bucks gonna pay him? Uh, it was rumored sixteen million a year. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Just you know, just a little bit more than half is is the most that he can get from them. Yeah, I think nine, right? Nine point I, whatever asked, it is. Yeah, like nine point six or something, you know, something like yeah. that. You know, yeah, it, it's funny. Uh, the reason why I, I needed you to repeat the Drew Holiday situation is because someone was hitting me on my timeline about Bogey, and I was like, wait, did that get announced? And it, of course, it was not. It's just a, it's just a fellow fan that's excited uh, oh. once they once they saw uh, the money that the Hawks threw at Gallo. Um, no, you know I, that did surprise me. And, and, which is why I'm saying that he had to have had somebody else in mind already, because otherwise, well, why wouldn't but, you look? Honestly, keep it real. You you played your entire you played your career in Sacramento, and you don't want to go to Milwaukee and compete for a title. That doesn't make any but, sense. But this is the embarrassing thing. Like, how the hell is the Kings? You, you've essentially agreed to this deal with Milwaukee, mm-hmm. okay? And he's a he's a free agent. It's a signing trade. How have you not hit him up on his phone and been like, "Hey, man, we got a we got a great deal." 
We're gonna. It's gonna be sixteen mil a year. We think it's more than you're gonna make on the market. There's not a lot of teams with money. The teams with money out there suck. Um, but Milwaukee wants you, so we're gonna send you to a team that's very likely to be contending for a title. Maybe the second or third best odds right now. You're gonna get to play next to the two-time MVP. They're gonna lean on you to close games because they don't have anyone to close in half court. We got a great situation. How do you feel about it? Like, where was that folk? Like, how how was the problem that he didn't actually want to go to Milwaukee and hadn't signed on? Well, let me ask like, this question because I saw this being debated on the timeline. If I'm not mistaken, the uh, the league still has a silly rule in there that you can't even negotiate with your own players prior to free agency so it's oh, a come on. no 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 i no no come on now. you know what i'm you know where i'm going with this i'm not saying that that but is it possible at all that sacramento did the same thing that what? the lakers were that used to do when they were under cup check and truly didn't actually reach out to their own guy wait you, wait you did <laughs> the, know king, that, right? the kings were willing the kings were willing to um tamper into a, a full out agreed trade before they were allowed to do it, but wouldn't risk texting their own guy. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. Well, may, maybe let, fine. Let, let me like it this. is the Kings, but this I can tell you, I, 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 that wasn't just shaded, Mitch Kupchak. That was his legitimate stance. He did not tamper. He was scared to do what everyone else was doing. So that's what I'm saying. Like maybe that you know, maybe the new guy in Sacramento, like that's his all. That is that also his stance? Because if so, you're gonna be behind the eight ball every single time, buddy. Maybe. Um, let's do one more team and then let's do what are you binging and let's get out of here. But, um, last team, let's do the Blazers because again, like the West, like your, your proclamation of the Grizzlies is dicey, man. There are so many teams in the West. Like, and as of right now, Houston still has James Harden and Russell Westbrook. But, um, so like who, who's got worse in the West except for maybe Houston right now? Uh, has anyone... Got concretely worse. Not significantly worse. I need. I would need to look through it, but no, you know, no, nobody jumps off the off the page. Well, I mean, the Warriors by losing Clay, I guess, but well, you yeah, know, but still better by the fact that they're getting Curry and, and back and Wiseman anyway. Um, Portland, okay, which is they. I mean, they felt stuck for a while, even in the conference final, like the worst conference finals team ever, two years ago. Um, but Robert Covington, man, like. Dealt two picks for Robert Covington. Robert Covington is is a player that everybody wants, right? Yep. Robert Covington is like the the Danny Green at the three four spot that hasn't actually had people nitpicking whether he's good or not. So you know Robert Covington coming in there, going to play with with Dame and McCollum and, and Nurkic. Uh, I don't know who they're going to fill in the middle there. Maybe Melo. Maybe Melo's going back to here. Whatever. Well, they- Port, Port, Portland's going to be a better team next year too. They should be. They absolutely should be. Roko, yeah, I agree on Roko. He is good. He is a he is a player that I actually see as like the finishing touch type piece. But you know what? He's you know he's absolutely going to be you know, a big part of what they do there. Yes, he's the, he's he's Trevor Ariza on the twenty ten Lakers. There you go. There and you go. I mean, because he got dealt for Trevor Ariza, it's really fitting. But um, but yeah, that that is who well, he actually, is. But he, I, well, twenty uh, two thousand nine Lakers because twenty ten we already had Ron Ron. Was it was it was it oh nine? Yeah, oh nine was Ariza. Oh, Ten was our test. Yeah. 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 No, 08 was Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Hurt, but yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you go you know to I mean. Like, I, I agree, but I think he's a really good third or fourth best player there. And there were times, like, for Houston where he was keeping them afloat at both ends. So, good get. Um, man, it's been busy. Like, this isn't even that interesting of a free agency when you think about how many great guys are there. But um, it, it's it's been wildly interesting. And even as I'm saying this and we're, we're wrapping up, like, 
the Timberwolves are going to retain Malik Beasley, who shot like 99.999% from three once he became a Timberwolf. Um, Nuggets could have, we're missing that guy a little bit. Um, Four-year, $60 million deal to stay with Minnesota, to play the same position as Anthony Edwards, though. So, um, Shout out to my guy Jordan Clarkson, by the way, going back to Utah. I think it's four years, $52 million. What? Oh, yeah, Utah. I don't like anything Utah's doing. I don't know why. Thirty million for Derek Favors too. Boo. Wait, they, um, wait, wait. What? Yeah, thirty million three years. Derek Favors. I mean, it's not. It's not crazy. Okay, like three years. I thought you were gonna say two years in Ducks. No, but like three three years for. I mean, a guy that's gonna play fifteen minutes a game should play fifteen minutes a game. Can't play with Rudy Gobert big minutes. I don't know. Don't spend money on bigs in today's NBA unless their names are Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, or Cat. That's I'm gonna it. put this out there. What if the what if they're at least circling the what if they're at least circling the at least the conver- or having the conversation of Rudy moving forward? Who wants him? Who who wants who wants Rudy Gobert? Hey man, I hey listen, all I know is I was told that I was being a jerk when I was, you know, when I was, you know, I'm gonna say it like you poo-pooing. <laughs> like yeah. when I was poo-pooing his, you know, you know, his greatness. That's what that's what I was told. I was told that, you know, he's absolutely in the conversation for, you know, you know, top one or two, you know, big men in the league. And when I when I say that, like I, I, he is, I mean he, I mean he is. Like for, during the regular season, he makes you an infinitely better team defensively. So then, how can and, it be? Who wants him? But like, but but for the price, like he he's due for the next big extension. Like, who wants to spend thirty million plus dollars a year on Rudy Gobert, knowing that you're unsure if you can play in big minutes in the playoffs, knowing that he doesn't add a ton on offense. Knowing it's that just, it's probably a guarantee he's going to get played off the court by a better team in the playoffs. <laughs> it's just tough. Like, I, I, I just like, and again, it's not that he sucks. Even like to Russell Westbrook to a lesser extent, it's not that he's washed. It's just the fact that, like, with that price tag and given the fact that you got to play a certain way with that kind of a guy, it's very tough to just say, hey, we're going to commit that kind of money. We're going to, we're going to change up on the fly. We're going to build everything around you. And we're going to hope we did it better than the team that did it before you because it didn't work. It's just tough. Like, and on, and on the other end, it's like Utah's probably got some offers that made them want to puke. And they were like, well, what's the point if this is the best offer we can get? Yeah, that's it's, it. It's just tough to deal that kind of – it's really – like people think it's tough to deal a superstar, but it isn't because there are, there are offers that are coming in, man. Like look at what happened for Paul George and Chris Paul. Something's but it's really tough to deal that like fringe all-star, all-star guy with yes. a big contract because yeah. it's, it's not worth dealing him for pennies to you and what he's worth to your fan base, but it's not worth breaking the bank for him either, so – it's especially when you know they're when they get that super you know super max from a small market. You're you're actually right, but I don't know. Yeah, but I, let's, let's. I'm be. I'm, but I'm, you know you know I'm just being a jerk about you know about Gobert. You know, whatever. Minnesota is like interesting, right? Because Minnesota's feeling the heat with Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought in D'Angelo Russell to appease him, probably more than anything else. Um, but now they've traded for Ricky Rubio. Now they've traded for Ricky Rubio. Okay, and they drafted Jarrett Culver in the lottery last year. They drafted Anthony Edwards number one this year, and then they just paid Malik Beasley four years, $60 million, who they traded for. So that is a very crowded backcourt. Um, that's five guys who got to play guard minutes. All of them, uh, Ricky Rubio, international MVP, coming off a career season in Phoenix, and is, is, a, is a hometown hero for many. And now he's got to compete with D'Angelo. Like him and D'Angelo Russell got to compete to play. I think they'll and play then, alongside each other, honestly. But then what about number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards? And what about Malik Beasley, who just paid $60 million? And what about Jared Culver, who you drafted, what was he, six last year? Yeah, six. What is Minnesota doing? 
<laughs> like, wait a like, second. This this is eerily reminiscent of, of what, what's the what's the previous GM? Well, two two ago was it Han <laughs> that drafted like five point? You know, had five point guards on the roster. Uh, no, not, yeah, every- none of them named Steph. <laughs> Did you say Han? What was his name? David Kahn. Kahn. Hey, whatever. Yeah. Hey, yeah. David Hahn, David Kahn, David, you're gone. Like, I don't know, are Minnesota fans, like, thrilled that you don't remember who he is or, like, terrified that you don't remember his reign of terror? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's not, like, at least, like, I mean, it's not Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio, but, like, again, it's just a tough fit, man. Like, Minnesota's, like, Cat's never been the defe- defensive player they wanted him to be. They can never figure out defense. And now, uh, like, you know, they're going to try to play Towns and um, five guards, five one-twos. Like, Josh Okogie's another guy, like one, uh, someone they like who, you know, has played some minutes for them, actually played some defense, but how is he going to get out on the court at 6-4 with yeah. all those other guards ahead of him? I don't know, man. Well, I, I, don't they play him at the small forward, like a, a very small body? Sort of uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, I, I'm laughing, too, because I'm looking at the roster. Like, They also have Jalen Noel, or Noel, drafted him last year. He's a guard. They signed Jacob Evans from the Warriors. Guard. Hmm. All these guys are under 6'6". Six, six. It's like... So, uh, so they just need to link up with Detroit and just, you know, make it work. Well, I mean, I don't know how Mason Plumley for... Malik Beasley helps you either. Like they don't need another center. They need the, they need a Robert Covington. Oh wait, they had that. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, man, imagine like imagine they didn't have D'Lo right now, and they had Robert Covington, and you could have Ricky Rubio, Anthony Edwards, figure out your small forward between a Kogi and Beasley, and then uh, Covington Cat. Like that seems nicer. All right. So let, let let me let me be nice to them and their fans before we wrap down them. I think D'Lo's going to have a, a significantly better year with them, with, uh, you know, with Rubio setting them up than, he, you know, than anything that we saw in Golden State. Uh, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Like, I don't even want to – like, D'Lo doesn't suck. He doesn't I know he suck. doesn't. He's just, he's just not great. You know, how, you, you know why I was careful in exactly how I said yeah. that? <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know that – okay, this is going to come off so condescending and terrible, but, like, I don't know how much better D'Angelo Russell is than Dennis Schroeder to a team compet- contending for a championship. Um, okay, I'll go ahead and say it. I'd much prefer to have Dennis Schroeder, especially at that price. You'd rather have Dennis Schroeder? Yes. Okay, but, like, let's say they're at the same price. Like, if you could have them each for whatever Schroeder's making, 14 mil or whatever it is. I need to go and look at what the defensive end looks like for Schroeder. Okay, I got, I'd rather have D'Lo. I'd rather have D'Lo, but not by, like, a margin where, like, again, he's going to take five more shots a game and cost twice as much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. We're in agreement. I thought you might fight me on that. Um, Okay, so what have you been binging to wrap this up? Man, honestly, all Chappelle show. (laughs) I I dove into it. I watched season one twice, (laughs) um, and now I'm I'm back into season two. It had been so long, like, to be honest with you, I hadn't watched Chappelle show probably since, like, prior to, you know, 2008. You know, I you know, I was heavy on it. You know, while it was out, I had all the DVDs, so I watched it for another few years. And you know, of course, yeah, you, know, you see the reference. You know, and, and you're gonna yeah. watch a clip or whatnot. But I dove, I dove full, you know, head first into it. And it's funny because comedy is one of those things where it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't. It's not always as great. You know, you know, to even five years later, let alone you know, fifteen and twenty years later, it's still damn good. Like, is some of it silly? Yeah. But it's still damn, damn good. And the social commentary is, it's still every bit is, you know, every bit is biting. So, what about you? Yeah. Um, not as much, man. It's been really busy at work and uh, 
But uh, Mandalorian is probably mm-hmm. the only only uh, show I've been keeping up. I've been rewatching Parson Rec too, but uh, nice. Mandalorian. Um, I'm gonna go watch the the fourth episode right after this. But I, a lot of people have been complaining. I've, I've been having a good time with it still. I'm I'm not that worried about like the plot not advancing. I liked them fighting all the spiders. I I don't know. I, I'm I'm enjoying it same as I was. Okay, I'm gonna start that this weekend. Season oh one. really? You haven't watched any of it? Never seen it. So season one. Oh really? I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I definitely catch up. Yeah. And I mean, I, I I like Star Wars a little bit more than you, and I watched some Clone Wars, but I'm not super into it. So like, there's a moment if you watch Clone Wars in Episode Three, um, where you get the Mandalorian, you know, cameo return of a of a major character, and like again for a lot of like the Star Wars nerds, that was huge. Mm-hmm. It didn't really do much for me because I'm not that into it, but um, you know, it, it's it's been cool. The first episode was great. I did think, you know, Yoda has a moment where he starts to eat some aliens that are literally it's the last aliens of their kind. And people were, were like typing articles up about how like <laughs> the show is promoting genocide. Oh, and geez. like, and uh, like, I, I just cannot believe how stupid a society we live in. Like it was like not endearing for a character who's been all cute to this point that he was eating them. But, like, also, he's a baby, and he was hungry, and he just ate what was... It? Like, I don't know. Can't even believe I'm dignifying it, but, like... Yeah, I was literally going to say, like, bro, it's a little green dude. Like, stop. Stop, people. Stop with these these stink pieces. Stop it. Like, from from the... That is the second most I've probably been ever blown away by a serious article, other than I came out of Black Panther, and I was trying to read some of the reviews, and one of them was, like, once again, black men have proven how they hate black women. Oh, and boy. it opened with, like... The all, all the black women in this movie get hit by black men, and I was like, "It is a superhero movie with with all black people fighting each other." I I like I I don't even know. Maybe maybe I shouldn't even go here, but like I just could not believe that was like a serious article coming from a superhero movie. But we I mean we've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. Like, p- people people really 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 do a lot of work when it comes to you know. Yeah. Do do less. Yeah. Do less. Just enjoy things. Sometimes, you know? sometimes just have fun with it. Agreed. When it, when it's superheroes and Star Wars, yeah. Just just enjoy yourself. You know, when it, when it's when it's the politician that you're voting for, campaigning for, giving your money to, do more. There you go. When you're watching the Avengers, do less. There it is. Yeah, that that's where I'm at there. Um, <laughs> I think that's gonna wrap us. If you haven't yet, please like, rate, subscribe, review. Um, we're getting back to it, man. Like we are a month away, almost exactly from the NBA returning. Uh, hopefully, we got vaccines rolling in 2021, um, and we can go back to movie theaters. Like uh, I feel like we are going to just be busy, busy, busy. Come December, January, uh, probably doing double time on episodes, maybe three a week. So, yeah, stick with us. Hit us with some reviews. Appreciate it. Catch you next time.